to the Generous Marriage Podcast. Fight less, feel appreciated, and have a deeper connection with your spouse. And now your hosts, Shachar Erez and Ziv Raviv. Hello and welcome to the Generous Marriage Podcast. Hi, I'm Ziv Raviv. And I'm Shachar Erez. And today in episode 19 of the Generous Marriage Podcast, we're going in season two, we're going to do something different. We're going to share with you a summary of the different interviews we had in this season as we're coming up to the end of the season. Shachar, how was this season for you? This was such a great season. You know, I was uh, going over all the interviews we, we did to prepare for this conversation. And I was blown away. So many great therapists and authors and thought leaders and coaches and just great people with great advice, practical wisdom. I think we did great. And I think that uh, you can do great if you're listening to this episode. You can go back later on to specific episodes that sounds like something that will help you. And you can literally use this as some sort of like an online audio course by listening to the podcast all over again. You will be exposed to some really amazing ideas and tactics that work in improving your relationship and making it a more generous one. So how did we start this season? We started with Alicia Munoz a therapist, a couples therapist and uh, an author. And she wrote a book about no more fighting, how we can use 20 minutes a week to strengthen our relationship. And she gave us a great interview. Her perspective is how a committed relationship can be an opportunity to heal childhood wounds, you know, and help us become fuller, more whole human beings. And what I take from the episode, episode one of the second season with Alicia Munoz is the whole idea of like when you're pointing a finger at someone, you're actually pointing three fingers at you. And instead yeah. of blaming, thinking about what can you change, this can be painful. Sometimes we really want some, someone else to change, but that's not going to really happen unless you're going to change yourself first. And it also, it's an opportunity to remind everyone how does it work to work on your relationship for 20 minutes, even a week. It creates a date night. It creates a ritual of connection. And I think that it's a, a key thing to take, even if you don't have the book. And we go back to it again and again and again. People in healthy, nourishing relationships are healthier, they live longer, and they make more money. It's really worth investing our time in this, in our marriage, in our main relationship, in our romantic relationship. And amen to all of these things. In the second episode, we had an interview with Celeste and Danielle from the Somatica Institute. And they talked about the hottest sexual movie. That was quite a, a sexy episode. What is this uh, hottest sexual movie? It was such a great episode, very juicy. And Celeste and Danielle help us figure out our core erotic theme, our main erotic blueprint, what actually turns us on deeper than 
tits and ass and muscles and uh, wide uh, chest. You know, what's, uh, what's the experience? What's the energy? What's the feeling that is uh, eternal for us? And how to create a hot sexual movie in your own life? How to make your time with your, your sexy time with your partner even more sexy? They helped us. We created a cool infographic that helps create this hot sexual movie. And our listeners can, can download, download it for free from our website. Sexy. It is. And I think that even if you just create a dialogue about some of the things that are in, the, in that episode that were mentioned, like what happens before the movie starts, what happens after the sex and so on. Just to talk about the details, it will be so beneficial for you. I think it was well proven by the Gottman Institute as well that talking about sex is important for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of the habits that people that have a great sex life do. They talk about sex. It helps. Again, you know, and a few of the coaches, sex and intimacy coaches we interviewed were talking about it. It's the ground to stand on and to move things and make things happen. You have to talk about sex as well and even schedule the time for sex and the more advanced uh, couples, they have a date night and a love date. Yeah. That's something that is highly recommended. So we then moved into episode three uh, with Rob Fisher using mindfulness in relationship. Rob Fisher is someone that you've been studying with, isn't it? Yes, he was one of my first teachers to couples counseling. He's a really super experienced couples therapist with, I don't know, I think 30 years of teaching and practicing mindfulness. And you can sense it in the interview just from his voice. You know, he's so deep, this guy. Yeah. And he talked about, we talked with him about how to use mindfulness in relationship and how to use mindfulness in couples therapy. It was like a satsang to me, like me meeting with the truth, meeting with Rob. Mm, I love it. And I think that in general, if we, we take mindfulness and put it into easy to understand words, it's all about understanding how do you feel inside and what do you do with your body to show what you feel. And the same goes for your partner. So if you see your partner doing something like even, for example, petting themselves or hugging themselves, then maybe, maybe that's a sign for you that they need some touch and that they need some relief of stress. And just being more aware of the body language of yourself and of your partner, that could lead to a more mindful relationship that actually is more powerful than any word or argument that you might add. Mindfulness is such a buzzword, but it's actually, like you said, it's actually about paying attention and not just listening to words, but paying attention to deeper cues of what's actually happening. So on episode four and five, we had this really big treat of interviewing Alison Armstrong about effective partnership and about questions that were raised online on Facebook groups by Alison and by the Generous Marriage listeners about relationships. And Alison Armstrong is quite a leader on the field of relationships. She, she talks a lot about the differences between men and women. And I can testify myself that she really helped me 
understand myself better as a man in this world and be more generous with myself. Yeah, me too. These days using gender is not so politically correct and I feel like sometimes we talk about hair teaching in a way that is a little bit uh, generalizing. But I feel that she's explaining it pretty well and delicately and it's about most of the women, most of the time, and most of the women, most of the time. And actually it's about gatherers, people who tend to be more like gatherers and people who tend to be more like uh, hunters. I think in this interview we did with her, she really showed the depth of her understanding. It was a profound interview. She's really deep, really wise. And she talks a lot about emasculation, about how some things that women do to men make them make us feel emasculated, which diminishes our ability to produce results. Alison's teaching is mainly for women to understand men, but I feel like in this interview, she also gave a good, what's a good, like a great tip for men, how to re-empower ourselves and not let ourselves be emasculated. Even if my wife doesn't let go of her uh, emasculinization, you know, even if she doesn't give up the right to disempower me, I don't need to give her permission to do that. And there's a way to to see through that, see her fear, see her own obstacles, the reasons why she uses criticism or whatever that emasculates me and see through that and re-empower myself. It's all about looking into your partner and noticing what feeling is operating them. And if it's fear, then this is like the real reason why they emasculated you. So your partner might be afraid because she doesn't feel safe. Your partner might be emasculating you because she doesn't feel like she's the most important thing for you. She's not yeah. the most pretty or she's not the most precious. And she might feel like she's just afraid that you are very powerful and she's not. So there's a lot of feelings that are underlying any emasculation, if you can manage to find what is the actual feeling around that, you can recreate your power by yourself and not allow that fear to diminish you. Her feelings, your, your wife's feelings are legit. The fact that she emasculated you, that's not something that she had the right to do and she might need to apologize, but she doesn't have to because it's her, not you. You can control your own actions and you can look for the fear or for the underlying emotion and try to tackle that one. So a very interesting concept. Not easy to do, by the way, uh, especially you know, at the moment when you're emasculated, you just feel angry and want to stonewall and go away. But those things are really not productive in any sense of the way. Yeah, and even if it's hard, just knowing that there is a way is the opposite of emasculation. When you're emasculated, you feel like there's no way, like you're powerless. And just knowing that there is a way to regain your power can help you get out of helplessness. And feelings are feelings. They happen naturally. You can't uh, be upset about someone else having feelings. It's just natural. It's like being upset about the sun. It goes up and it goes down. <laughs> you, you just need to take it as it is and understand why. And find ways to overcome 
those feelings and the, that feel. That was quite a Buddhist saying you just uh, said, you know, they often look at the feelings like the weather, like clouds. And in episode six, we interviewed Dharma teacher, a Buddhist teacher who's also a clinical psychologist and a sexologist, Dr. Cheryl Fraser. She wrote the book, uh, Buddha's Bedroom. And we talked with her about using mindfulness in the bedroom, how being in the moment mindful can create novelty, can create the adventure that people in long-term relationship miss sometimes. Because the moment is always precious, is always different. And if you're here now really paying attention, it's a new adventure every time. I really love how in this episode, uh, Dr. Cheryl Fraser managed to take a very hard to understand concept like the Four Noble Truths mm -hmm. of the Buddha and managed to translate that to normal language, to something that is easy to understand and actually something that is practical to use, not just in the bedroom, but really in relationships. She also shares this idea of starting even with uh, not tons of passion, like starting with sex and with intimacy on purpose for the sake of connection, for the sake of, of going through something that is very valuable for the relationship. And that is kind of like another way to look at love dates in essence. Yeah. And I think uh, maybe it's not for everyone. And definitely I, I don't recommend uh, doing something that you're not interested in doing. However, many times when you start having sex, the desire for, for and the passion later joins. So if both of you are up to it in terms of the concept, I think it's a very practical tip. Yes, sex is healthy and is important. And sometimes in long-term relationships, we need to help ourselves get uh, turned on. She has some really cool practical advice that helps do that. Episode seven, we talked to Mike Goldstein, the easy dating coach. That was quite an interview, an interview in the generous marriage about dating, but uh, he gave us uh, some really good advice that even people in long-term relationships can use. It's very practical. He has like a hundred videos on his YouTube channel that with tons of practical advice. I think it's really important to, to that we talked with Mike because... The idea of of dating is super critical for any any relationship, any marriage. And to make a date, to be under the pressure of of creating a super interesting date every single time is just not very realistic. And it will eventually make you stop having dates with your wife by giving examples of how dating, even on the courtship phase can work if you do just stuff that you will do in life. That gives you permission in essence to take your spouse and go on a date with her that is just something practical, something that you're sharing a moment together that is not necessarily ultra magical and there doesn't have to be fireworks every single time. But yes, you're sharing a moment, you're sharing responsibility over your lives and you're spending time together. In the interview with Celeste and Danielle, they said jokingly how when we just start dating, we prepare like hours and hours 
for sex. We prepare for the date and then there's a few hours of a date and it's all to get, to be in bed together, to have sex. And how, when we become uh, committed and in long-term relationship, we just expect it to happen. And that's, you know, that's, there's something ridiculous about it. We should still court each other. We should still uh, invest in our dating. And Mike had some good advice about dating and about how to get a man enjoying dates, have fun with him, and how to get a woman enjoy dates by, by being present and listening to her and being attentive to her and making her feel like she's the most important person in the room. Just so many little nuggets of uh, wisdom they gave us in this uh, quick uh, interview. Really worth listening to it. Wow, love it. So moving forward in the season, in episode eight, We had an interview with Irene Fair about creating lasting passion. And Irene Fair is a sex and intimacy coach that has so many, such a deep understanding of what happens to a couple after a few years of the relationship and what might happen to sex, what type of sex might die and what can you do to resurrect it. She she is very knowledgeable about how to help women want sex and how to reach a, a deeper sense of pleasure from sex. But in this interview, she, she talked about the three types of sex. And what was that all about, Shachar? It's like she has a developmental view of sex in the long-term relationship. And she talks about starting with friction sex. That It's quite physical. It's about the friction between the genitals and the pleasure that this kind of sex creates. And then she talks about validation sex, the sex that we do after we get committed to each other. And it's, it's, there's something about the emotions of validating each other and creating safety with each other and security and knowing that we're committed to each other. And she says that after a while, both of these types of sex die because they don't sustain the sexual tension that's needed in long-term relationship. And then she talks about the third type, which is connection sex, which, you know, in, in other languages, I would call it differentiation sex, sex between two individuals that are courageous enough to share their inner world, their feelings, their needs, their desires, their, fan- their fantasies. It's not the most comfortable relationship. It's uh, vulnerable and it's powerful and it's, uh, it creates this sexual tension that creates long-lasting passion. This reminds me of something that you said in one of your workshops, Shachar, where uh, the guy might have a sex uh, plan or, or a script or like a movie in his head of what he wants, which will be uh, like a red movie and the women might have a blue movie. And sometimes they, when they meet, usually they try to create some combination of red and blue and they get to some sort of a, a purple movie of what their sex is looking like. But then... Sometimes in connection sex, it's okay. It's okay to have only the blue movie and sometimes only the red movie and sometimes having the purple movie or maybe even another color if that's what they, you decide and want. So just yeah. uh, giving yourself permission to go into sex only for the blue or only for the red. 
Right. It's, it's the courage of uh, saying what you need and want. And, you know, it, it comes out of trust that your partner wants the best for you. But it's still vulnerable to ask for what you need in this way. And I think uh, this also, the wisdom of the red, blue, and purple actually also comes from Celeste and Daniel. But yeah, yeah. Thank you. It's a combination, I guess. So, um, episode nine. What, what, yeah. What episode nine was with uh, Ruth Miley, who's a parenting coach uh, certified by PAX by uh, Alison Armstrong. And we talked about the rage monster and how to put her to sleep. And it was a great overview of Alison Armstrong's teaching. We talked about a lot about the differences between hunters to gatherers. If you want to understand this better, that's a great interview to go deeper into Alison's uh, teaching. You can't have a generous marriage without noticing that there are other people in your home often, and those little people, the kids, they are there with you and they would really appreciate your generosity. And you need to understand that uh, a lot of those concepts that uh, Ruth Maley talked about, they actually apply to human beings in general. And so just knowing everything uh, about um, how your feeling mechanisms works, but also how your partner um, feeling mechanisms works and how your kids feeling, me- feeling mechanisms works, uh, that can be something that uh, uh, reminds, reminds you uh, to be a little bit more patient uh, with those little ones and to look for the, for the energy that allows you to be generous with. So you cannot be generous un- unless you have enough energy by yourself. So maintain yourself. There's a lot to be taken from, from Ruth Maley about the technicalities of how to use apology, apologizing in order to put the rage monster to sleep. That's the secret weapon that actually works. The sooner, thought, the better. I thought I was, a good, I was good in apologizing, but I learned more from Ruth in this episode. It's true. In episode 10, we went into exploring the five erotic languages uh, with Monica Jane. What are those five erotic languages? Just before that, I want to say something about Monica Chen. She's a, an intense person. You know, she's a sexual empowerment coach and she really walks her talk. It's not just her job. That's what she does. She says she's a life coach of unabashed badassery and she is a badass. It's amazing to, to listen to her. And she taught us about the five erotic languages, how we have different blueprints. Some people are energetics and they get turned on by energy. They don't even need touch. And some people are sensuals and they need everything to be sensual and all the senses to be uh, addressed and things to be nice and comfortable and beautiful. And some people are sexuals. They're simple about sex. Let's just do it. Let's have fun with it. Why all the talk? And the different blueprint are the kinkies, people that like to have a different kind of sex. That normal sex is a turn off for them. They want it to be special, different, kinky. And the shapeshifters, lovers that can connect to all the different types and they know how to have fun with energetics and have fun with sensuals and sexuals and kinkies. They're great lovers. And 
their shadow is that they tend to forget themselves. So being generous with them would ask them for what they need and what they want. And I feel like this is very helpful in a marriage to understand each other's and your own erotic language and find ways to turn your spouse on in a way that turns them on and not just you, but also be courageous enough to say what you need and do that. I think it's a lot like in the five love languages where you have, like many people, without knowing about this, they think that their partner has the same love language. So if it's, for example, quality time, they try to create as many possible options, opportunities for quality time together. But then if, the, if, if your spouse's love language is actually touch, then all that quality time doesn't talk volume as much as touch. And the same goes with erotic languages. If you are sexual and what you're interested in is penetration, that's what turns you on, penetration and orgasm, then it, it, it will be very wise and very generous if you are aware that your partner might not be sexual. They might be sensu- sensual. They might be interested in an atmosphere and some music and a good bathtub before and all sorts of things, like, like even food before uh, sex. And, and just being in this sens- sensual experience that will later lead to penetration. And you need to be patient and understand what they're all about. And by the way, you can totally be uh, a very successful couple and have amazing sex, even when you're not using the same erotic language, as long as you have the capacity for, for generosity, for patience, and trying to support one another with their own erotic language. Right, and understanding the differences is really helpful in that. Then it doesn't feel like a burden. It feels like, hmm, how can I be creative and and help my sensual partner get her sexuality needs met so I can get my sexual needs met, for example. Yeah. So yeah. understanding the five types really helps with that. I've learned so much in this season, and this was just the first 10 episodes, which is quite amazing. I want us to talk next week on the other eight episodes that we had. And also, I will give you a sneak peek. We are going to share with you some of the, f- of the future plans of the Generous Marriage Academy. So mm-hmm. if you're listening to this right now and you're wondering, what, what's that all about, Generous Marriage Academy? We just learned so much just by listening to this podcast. Well, there's more to learn and we are already working with a few influencers. Some of them, you've heard them on this season and additional ones that are sharing in a very generous way the deep strategies and tactics on creating some transformation in your relationship. It's the most important relationship in your life with your partner. It affects so much of your happiness. And I dare say it also dictates your success in business. So we're going to share more information about that next week as we summarize the other episodes of the season. Shachar, any last words for today? Yeah, I'm excited about the Academy. 
looking forward to share this uh, stuff with our listeners because it just allows for couples and people to want to go deeper so much more. Yeah, we'll talk about it next time. And just to make your life super easy, if you go to generousmarriage.com, visit today's episode, episode 19 of the second season, you're going to actually find a shortcut and it will be a button to download all of the first 10 bonuses in one click. So you could save time and work on your relationship in an efficient way. So one file that will include everything. I recommend opening, up, opening it up on your computer and not on your phone because it's going to be a big file. And it's going to save you time and give you a lot of value. We want to help you improve your relationship, make it something that you are happy with, that, that satisfies you, and that doesn't slow you down like on achieving your goals in life. So go over to generousmarriage.com and you will find the button to download all of the first 10 bonuses of this season. I'm so excited, as you are, Shachar, about uh, the messages next, next week. It's something we've been working on for over a year now, and it's finally happening. Go to generousmarriage.com. Maybe it's already there by the time you're listening right now, or be with us with excitement as we're building something that will help a lot of people in changing their destiny. Thank you for listening for the Generous Marriage Podcast, and see you next week. See you next week. Bye-bye.